Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more. We are your top secret foodie hosts, O-N-G, and we're keeping our identities hidden for now or until this podcast is so huge that we can't hide it anymore. Hey, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies Podcast. We were on the radio. (laughs) That's right. How fun was that? Yeah, we were on the John John Show on Kiss 107 FM to talk about our podcast. And you guys, he is hilarious. He is hilarious. Um, And a lot taller than I thought in person, too. (laughs) We absolutely love John John. He's a good dude. He does a lot for our city, supports local businesses, charities, and hope to go on his show on iHeartRadio again soon. So this week, we're recording super early in the morning after a crazy week. So we are not drinking but we'll be at the Reds game later. (laughs) We have some special cocktails planned for our next episode. And before we get into it this week, we wanted to let you know, we have a secret guest coming up later in the episode. This week, we have an interview with Eric Clark, the pastry chef at Jeff Ruby that I really enjoyed. So you guys have to make sure that you stay tuned and listen to that interview. Yes, I am stoked to hear this one for sure. I actually haven't listened to it yet. So, but other than that, how was your week, G? I did quite a few foodie things this week. The highlight for me was the announcement of Bouquet in Lessa, which is spelled Lise, L-I-S-S-E, but it's pronounced Lessa, like mm-hmm. Melissa. They're both now under the same ownership, and I think it's going to be great. I went to a progressive wine pairing dinner that started at Bouquet Restaurant and ended across the street at Lessa in Covington. Bouquet is a farm-to-table, vegan-friendly restaurant, and I was served a chilled asparagus salad with a burrata that was paired with a Gewürztraminer, so like a little sweet with the wine, with mm-hmm. the asparagus and burrata. It was so good. Then we had a pistachio crusted halibut with a sesame ginger puree that had apples, beets, and crispy capers on it. And that was paired with a Chardonnay. And oh man, the flavor (laughs) profile on that was amazing. Nice. I love when like there's like salty sweet combinations and I love Chardonnay. So that was like my favorite dish. I hope they put that on the menu. And then we walked across the street to Lessa and had a Dutch Wagyu meatball that was served with bone marrow. Hmm. And we had a Holland Farms prime black Angus ribeye. So the cool thing about Lessa is that they use the Holland Farms beef, which is a local farm. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet the owners of the farm and the restaurants, and I was just getting all the good vibes. Like the people behind these places are so cool. Yeah, I had definitely had some FOMO on that one. I had a track meet. A track meet I had to be at that night and couldn't go. And I was definitely sad to miss out. I can't wait to check those out. Then we went to Amador, which you went to, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's the new Cuban restaurant that opened at Newport on the Levee. And it was definitely a vibe. Think mm-hmm. like 1980s Miami vibes with like a Cuban flair. So the soft open was crazy busy, right? It was so mm-hmm. busy. Oh, it was wild. So I felt like it was hard to get a sense for like how everyday service will go, but our server was great. So that was good for me. Yeah, (laughs) mine was too. We got the croquettes and the empanadas 
And the empanadas must be really good because I was sitting at a table with eight people and went to the bathroom. And when I got back, all the empanadas were gone. <laughs> we tried two of the empanadas and I can report back that they were delicious. Okay. I was like, you guys didn't even save me a bite. Like, no. <laughs> a bunch of men and that's how it goes. So. Wow. Everyone said the ceviche was really amazing, but I also didn't get to try that because they were out by the time we got there. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like the main courses. So the main courses are served like kind of like stewed meats that are served with rice. Mm -hmm. And I really just like the simplicity of that. So I really liked all of those. Um, the drinks were really good too. The favorite of our whole table was the Paloma. Yeah. I'm a margarita girl, so I was sipping on margaritas. <laughs> what did, you had some good ones, too. What did you have? I did. I had their play on an espresso martini, and then... You had the old-fashioned with rum. Oh, right? yes. Ooh, that was so good. I think they called it, like, an old Havana or something like that. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. and we had the Ropa Vieja, which was the, like, beef, the, like, shredded beef, which was delicious as well. And the mussels were were phenomenal oh yeah the muscles mm -hmm. the only thing I didn't like is that they serve everything with plantain chips and I mean I'm sure you can sub them out for another side but I'm not a huge plantain person mm. so that was oh, like I have three bags of plantain chips in my cabinet right now so I'm down that's so <laughs> funny yes <laughs> matter of opinion right mm -hmm. uh but yeah. i want to go back like after they've been open for a while and kind of do another review and just see what kind of changes they make and and just how the flow of things are going then agreed so, i have a pro tip yes <laughs> so right. when you go if you have like a havana hat or like a panama hat you should wear that there because you'll fit right in yes we actually both did it was a vibe <laughs> i loved it so how was your week oh I know I say this every episode, but it was wild. Like, what is going on? I keep waiting for, like, that time of year where we get to rest for, like, a little bit. And it's just, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think this is, like, adulthood now. But uh, my two standouts, I would say, were Oriental Walk and Conserva. Yes. So, like, we'll put a reel out on um, Friday of this week on Oriental Walk so you guys can see all the amazing, beautiful dishes we were served. Um, and we'll throw some video up on Conserva next week too so you can see what they're all about. But like, wow. They're also doing, Conserva is actually having their grand opening this weekend and they're gonna have live music. So um, definitely check that out if you're looking for something to do. But Oriental Walk, this is like a Cincinnati staple that I had never been to. Between- right? Between yeah. like my travels to Australia and living in New York, like I know authentic Chinese food. And I feel like most American Chinese restaurants, they change, they change the way they cook, whether the owners are like from China or not, like they change the way they cook to meet the American palate. So I kind of avoid them because like I can cook authentic Chinese food at home. So why go out and get salty, greasy, mushy, like Americanized versions. Um, but when I tell you, if you're looking for the real deal, like this is it, like, I can't believe I slept on it.
Mr. Wong, first of all, is if he, if you are lucky enough to have him there when you go, like he is a whole vibe. You guys really bonded. I felt like um. yeah, was, <laughs> I I really enjoyed him a lot. Like he was definitely connecting. Yes, but his family, um, they've run Oriental Walk since 1977. There's a reason that it's a staple for a lot of families. Like a lot of families go there every week. Um, they even sell their own sauces. They're available at Kroger, and they have right now like a special they've got a partnership with Rheingeist on a Chinese beer because they were having trouble sourcing Chinese beers during the pandemic so they partnered with Rheingeist to make a beer called Walkstar which is so cool and yeah. right now they have limited edition candles which we will definitely show you they have little like fortune cookie they're so cute but the ingredients are fresh and simple they use a lot of herbs to let the star of the dish shine we had a simple poached chicken with a ginger scallion topping and it was just ginger and scallion and I think they had like some salt and maybe some sesame oil it was so fragrant and just delicious like poached chicken does not is not something that generally gets me excited and this was so good I mean I thought I was absolutely blown away with everything I thought Mm -hmm. the food was so good everything was fresh and like you were saying it wasn't a typical American Chinese restaurant everything was very elevated Mm -hmm. and fresh and the family is all working there Mr. Wong is always at the various restaurants that they have I think Mm -hmm. they have one I think they have two one in Fort Mitchell and one in Hyde Park yes um and yeah, absolutely blown away by that place. I can't believe I it's been here my whole life and I've never gone. Like, I know. I, like my mom said that her brother took her like before I was born. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and doesn't it make you feel guilty? Like I feel guilty that I never have been there because Mr. Wong's story is so amazing. Yeah. And the fact that he still has this amazing restaurant that's so good after so long yeah. should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Missing out on things. I missed out on the conserva dinner that you went to. I know. So I got to go to a new restaurant that's been kind of doing a soft open over the last couple of months. It's called conserva. It's in Ludlow. It's a new Spanish tapas restaurant, which also I love Ludlow. Have you been down there? I don't think I have. So Ludlow is like one of the many neighborhoods in the Cincinnati area, just making a big comeback. And it's just like, they've got boutiques, they have restaurants, they have a really cool bar down there. It's a scene, but it was great. The chef owner and his wife fell in love with tapas culture while they were traveling in Spain. And they decided to bring that like community building atmosphere here to the Cincinnati area. Everything in the restaurant is from Spain with like a couple of things from Portugal, like the wine and all that, except the bourbon, because like let's get real it's Kentucky you have to have bourbon in your restaurant or what are you doing um but like it was a wonderful dinner where we like talked to the couple at the table next to us which is so unlike us um (laughs) and we just sipped wine and had sangria and like snacked for like three hours I'll definitely be back it was really good and I think we have an interview on the books with the chef for a future episode. So stay tuned for that. Let's get into it. For openings this week, Toast and Berry, a popular breakfast and brunch restaurant in Montgomery, is set to open its second location in Liberty Township on May 15th. It's located on the ground floor of the AC Hotel by Marriott in the Liberty Center. It's a huge restaurant and it's owned by Looking Glass Hospitality, which also operates other establishments that we love like Emory and Marymount, Clybourne's and Mason, both locations of Tahona Kitchen and Bar, and the Fretboard Brewing and Public House 
house in Hamilton. They also own that. Yep. The new location is going to feature a similar like menu to the Montgomery branch offering homemade French toast, waffle and smoked pork sandwiches, chicken and toast, um, and gluten-free pancakes with a full bar serving cocky cocktails, mimosa flights, and rest. Uh, the restaurant will accommodate 166 guests. So, like I said, it's big. They are still hiring. They're looking to have a staff of 50. So, like, for me, this place, first of all, everything Looking Glass does is very gluten-intolerant friendly. They do a great job of it. Like, it doesn't taste like it's gluten intolerant stuff and um the mimosa flight for me that's yeah i that's my favorite yeah and i love i think they have a fresh squeezed grapefruit juice and mm-hmm. i love getting the grapefruit juice in the champagne so it's like a grapefruit mimosa yes that's what i like about it you can that's get like all different seasonal flavors and you can like all three of them are different you can get like a cranberry and a blueberry and a peach and like that's it's such a vibe i love it so uh, we're gonna check that out tomorrow or i guess probably today as this is going live and uh we will report back yeah yeah we'll have that in our weekly roundups next week yeah. Ooh, and here's one that you've been like stalking and waiting for them to open. VV Italian Cafe, which is just two letter V's like mm-hmm. VV. And that is in Mount Lookout Square. They're aiming to bring a touch of the Puglia region of Italy to the area. The cafe serves imported Italian pastries, espresso, and small pasta and seafood dishes for breakfast and lunch. Mm. VV's specialty is the Apertivo Hour, Italy's version of happy hour which features drinks, conversation, and light snacks. So you can enjoy this after work or before dinner. So what does the VV stand for? So we did find out the VV stands for Vigne Vecchia, which is like the old vineyard. Okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's also the name of a bakery that the owners once um, went to in Italy. And I need to get over there. I know they had their grand opening and Mm -hmm. I missed it. And I'm definitely going to make it a point to get over there, hopefully before the next episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Would love that. Um, And then Cobalt Station, who's actually, they've been open since last summer in Terrace Park. They're starting lunch service beginning this week. They will open at 1130 a.m. Tuesday through Saturday. And I haven't been there yet, but it's definitely on my short list. They have a super simple family-friendly menu of like chicken fingers, burgers, and oysters. And then like they do wings on Wednesdays. They have a full bar and a cozy atmosphere so I'll definitely get out there and let you guys know what that's like yeah we could always use more um lunch places especially in the Terrace Park area oh my gosh seriously I feel like none of the good places are open for lunch anymore and like that's when I have time yeah and I appreciate (laughs) the chicken fingers because that's really all my kids (laughs) eat (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, I didn't really mean to imply that the oysters were exactly the family friendly option. But at least there's like something fun for the parents while the kids are eating their chicken fingers. Okay, so Five Iron has opened its first Ohio location bringing golf simulators, food and drinks to downtown Cincinnati's foundry. This is a national franchise model company that offers golf simulators, leagues, lessons and a restaurant and bar. They do have memberships available, and right now they're offering 50% off for your first few months. So if you sign up as a founding member, you can get that deal. Um, It definitely looks like a fun vibe. I haven't seen too much about the food, but I'm thinking it's just like bar food, wings, flatbreads, and pizzas. 
um, I'm probably playing around and then I'm going to head around the corner to Jeff Ruby's because it's right in that Jeff Ruby's area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for closings this week, what do we have? Um, so we do have two. The first one is Jack Brown's beer and burger joint, which was located in OTR. I actually had never even heard of it. Um, they permanently closed on April 23rd, two years after opening. They didn't provide a reason for the closure. Um, it's a verb, Virginia-based chain restaurant that their nearest ones in Lexington, I guess, which does remain open. Um, it's not like a chain-wide closure. Um, mm -hmm. It's the latest in a series of restaurant changes in you know the popular OTR neighborhood, where we recently saw the closure of Mighty Good and Pearl Star. Um, then we have new establishments like Level One Bar and Oca Arcade that has just opened, and Wildweed is set to open later this year. Their permanent location, so lots of movement down in OTR for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I've never heard of Jack Brown's beer and burger joint either, which mm -hmm. is interesting because I feel like we spend a lot of time in OTR. We do. Um, but I'm really excited for Wildweed to have a permanent spot. I'm so happy for that. Oh, absolutely. So Columbus-based craft brewer North High Brewing has closed its Hyde Park location, which was operated in partnership with the co-working company Cohatch. Mm -hmm. The decision to close was due to the ventilation issues and the absence of outdoor seating, okay. which is a key factor in their environment. Yeah. Um, despite the closure, North High Brewing still has a location in the Kenwood Town Center, and they have others in Dublin, Ohio, in Zionsville. The company is set to open a 4,500-square-foot restaurant and bar with an extensive outdoor space in Westerville, which is in Columbus. And um, yeah, they're focused on learning from their closures and they're honing in on their business model and they do plan to have a further expansion with Cohatch. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that Mason location out there would be good if there's, I can't think if there's any open retail space in that area, but like you have to have, I feel like you want outside. They have an outside patio at the one at the mall, which is nice. Yeah. I think especially with the nice weather that we're having, like everybody wants to eat somewhere where there's an outdoor area. Oh, absolutely. I went to Oak Tavern last night with my bestie and she was running late and I was like, do you want to sit inside or outside? And she like, I think she almost crashed her car when I asked that question. She's like, are you, are you kidding? Like outside, duh. Yeah. Hey foodies, this week our chef interview is with Chef Eric Clark, the pastry chef at Jeff Ruby's. He's here to talk with us about some of the fun desserts he's created. Hi Eric, how are you? Hey, doing good. How about yourself? Good. good. We're doing good. We have to know where you get your inspiration from to make these beautiful desserts. Uh, yeah, uh, well, a, a, a lot of it comes inspiration from family and friends or colleagues. Um, my wife is a graphic designer. Very, uh, she's she's very creative in her own right. As is my my kids. Uh, my daughter, she she just is a clone of my wife, and uh, <laughs> hopefully she takes some after me. But a lot of the stuff, specifically. Uh, that either comes from like a, uh, a memory or something fun that I've done with family or friends that kind of drives me to want to create a, like a lasting memory that might reside with other people. It's kind of nice when you get something that reminds you of kind of takes you back to a time either when you were a kid or that. And uh, I think as chefs, we, we tried to create those those kind of memories. But yeah, a lot of that comes from that. The shoes specifically is more of a, I'm a huge 
sneakerhead, as is uh, <laughs> the executive chef, Dylan Jones, at the steakhouse. He, uh, We go back and forth, and I think the biggest thing was we, we were uh, tasked when opening this steakhouse to create something fun and exciting uh, that no one's seen before. We got ideas. They told us if we've seen them before, to drop them, look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the nice uh, wall that's in all the Ruby restaurants with all the celebrities and the people that have come in to eat. And there's a lot of athletes. And I kind of thought that this would be a very cool concept that would not only kind of hit with that, but that sneaker culture in general uh, is, is very prominent now. And it's kind of something that resides with a lot of the chefs and cooks I work with as well as uh, the, the Ruby family in general. They, they're, they're very sneaker-oriented, too. That's where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, we came in and got one of the purses, and definitely we'll never forget that. It's such an incredible experience to have that brought to your table, and it's just an entire experience instead of it just being an everyday dessert. Yeah, most definitely. So um, do you guys have the license to use the brand names on these desserts? Yeah, um, we don't have the a licensing agreement at, per se. Um, say I reached out to Nike and Jordan brand when we first came up with the concept. Yeah. Um, we got back an email from them. It, it just basically it stated that with perishable goods, things like that, it was kind of a gray area for them in the fact that they, they don't look down upon it. Uh, the nice part is, is when we first started this, uh, a local here in Cincinnati um, at corporate uh, brought in uh, Jordan brand for a project that they were working on and it was part of their PR team part of uh, their head teams and we brought it out to them and I figured at that point with all the research we've done I'm like well here is the real answer for this and they loved it um, they said it was a nice, yeah a nice homage to the brand and to the people that purchased the brand things kind of with the purse we've had some of their uh higher ups as gucci uh, uh america you know uh he was in and we sent out a couple gucci bags to them we've had a lot of people from vuitton in and they loved it it was something they could wear and take out it would definitely be looked upon but this is more of an homage or like you know we're basically putting something out there as fans of this brand and trying to not only impress our guests and clientele, but do right by those brands that we love. Yeah. Um, and I think you're definitely talking about them well by featuring these incredible desserts. And um, I think it says a lot that people in these brands are coming and eating this stuff and they're loving it. And there's no takeaway from it. You're not taking a handbag with you. As soon as you put a spoon in it, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Love that. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Um, where do you come from? Where did you train? And what are some of your past positions? Um, yeah. So um, I grew up in Oxford, Ohio. It's kind of a little farm town that I went to high school at Talawanda. It's right outside of university which wouldn't seem like a farm town but the minute you drive like three minutes outside the university it's soybean cornfields uh, to get to a friend's house take you 30 40 minutes uh, to when i decided that i loved kind of cooking and different 
spots that I'd done kind of randomly while there. Uh, moved to the city, started at Tellers of Hyde Park, loved it. I moved to Hyde Park with a couple friends from Miami University, and I just decided like this was felt like big city to me. It might not be yeah. big city to a lot of people, but you know, big buildings. When I started downtown, started I moved moved in to the Ruby Group originally at Walnut Street Grill, um, and then I uh, kind of went. I was feeling a little burnout, uh, not from that, but just cooking in general. You know, it was my first dibs of really getting deep within line cooks or uh, yeah. working working long hours. And uh, I took a job as an, a pastry assistant uh, with the Boca group. That was their kind. Her name was Amy. She kind of brought that like passion back and drive uh, that was. And then an opportunity to come back to uh, the Ruby group. I haven't looked back since. I, uh, they give me the the freedom to, if I can dream it and I can do it there, creatively express myself. And there's not a lot of positions that I know that I can have that kind of creativity and openness with. Uh, really pushed and driven me to grow kind of as a chef, as a leader, uh, and then hopefully uh, I'm viewed as for as a mentor. I have a great team behind me, and uh, they I push the, the creativity there as much as I possibly can because I want others to feel the same way I do. It's, there's nothing like dropping a dessert or uh, a dish off at a table and seeing someone's face. First time either they bite into it or they see it. It's just a, a connection that I strive for. And it's so amazing that they give you this creative control to do all of these things because we're not really seeing anything quite this epic in a lot of other restaurants in the city. And I think that might be because they're not having that free reign to kind of do whatever they want. So that's really cool that um, you have the ability to just push the limits and just make everything epic. Hey, uh, it's definitely create one thing and it's always on to the next. Like what's the next big thing you can do or can we can come up with, whether it's in the Cincinnati market or for one of the other markets, it's, it just keeps your head going and constantly have notebooks where I'm writing down ideas or uh, little things I want to work on and strive to kind of push the other pastry chefs within the company to to want to get that way uh, as along with with the chefs um there's a lot of creative talent that's in there and it only makes people push each other even harder to who can come up with the next big thing so what do you think is the next big thing ah <sighs> that's tough i got a couple things down uh, <laughs> down down the line i like to be somewhat secretive in it because if i i mean i love social media uh, a lot and I think it's a great outlet for people to not only show off things that they're doing or working on or concepts, but at the same time, I like, I like a surprise aspect. Um, we definitely have a few things down the line. I see you working on that Reds helmet. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, uh, at the Steakhouse uh, downtown at Foundry, um, we have a uh, Reds cap. Uh, that is available, say, 
when I don't have, uh, when I'm not in the kitchen or uh, I'm, I'm typically wearing a red hat, uh, <laughs> I've, grown, I've grown up uh, supporting this, these city's teams uh, as much as the Bengals Reds uh, with both my grandparents, they uh, obsess about red season. You, you couldn't go over to their house during the summer without Reds on the radio or on that. I've grown up that route. So honestly, this is a great sports city um, through the ups and downs. People still support this team. And I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. We have a lot of players that kind of come in uh, before and after things. And uh, we get a lot of the away teams that come in. So it's nice to let them know where they're at um, <laughs> before they're playing. Well, uh, so as welcoming as we want to be for those people when they come in, you're, you're still you're in Cincinnati now. So uh, so what does but, it consist of? You said it's kind of like a red velvet flavor. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a red velvet. It's red velvet cake throughout a white chocolate and cream cheese mousse. Wow. Um, it has a warm cream cheese icing uh, that you can either drizzle across it or as you share it, because it's much like the purse and shoe. It's meant for you know, two or three people to share easily. And uh, it has some dark chocolate crispy pearls with a Oreo crunch bottom on it. And uh, we have a dark chocolate ganache to kind of cut that over sweetness in, in there. Wow. And so anyone can come in and order this. It's not just reserved for Reds players, correct? Correct. Anyone, anyone that is going to a game, came from the game, or just feeling like having a little... Red, red's time uh it's a good way to finish your meal great i love that and so that'll be available through the season yeah um typically once we get into football uh, as everyone knows the city just kind of flips that switch real quick and uh i got i got some ideas down the pipeline for going big for for, for the Bengals. oh yeah yeah i love that and then one last question I have is, what is your favorite ingredient right now? Like, what are you just feeling really inspired by right now? Well, um, so I'm a big, like, acid guy. Uh, I like lemons, strong fruits, things like that. But okay. I absolutely love passion fruit. And once there's something about, like, I mean, I can eat it all year long. I like the brightness of it. If I can tie it into any dish I do, I will. Um, but there's something about passion fruit, pineapples, those bright, like tropical flavors that it, when the sun starts coming out and starts, you start putting on short sleeves, even though it's a little chilly now, but uh, <laughs> you start putting on short sleeves, you just want to go on vacation. So even if someone's on a staycation or just hanging out, if you can bring those vibes that make you kind of just make you feel a little relaxed and laid back, that's it. Uh, another big thing I, I'm known for, I like, I like to, I like to incorporate booze into a lot of the stuff I do. I oh, think there's something about that. celebrating and having drinks with friends and conversing and making memories that uh, I kind of like to tie that in with different things. Um, I know downtown specifically and a lot of our restaurants, we, we do uh, at all the Jeff Ruby restaurants, we make our own ice creams. Uh, ice oh, cream is a, is, is a big passion of mine. I know Mr. Ruby himself loves it, um, especially our cookies and cream 
Uh, I, I'll put it up against anyone in the city, but uh, wild, fun flavors of ice creams and sorbets, I thrive on once spring hits through summer. So okay. if you're ever downtown, we'll always have a rotation of stuff. All the other restaurants, uh, uh, Jeff Ruby restaurants are, have a rotation of nice seasonal ice creams and things. But uh, yeah, whenever I can get my hand on fun, bright flavors, I like to do ice creams with them. And then I do have one last question. So yeah. are we ever going to see the table side desserts in the other restaurants like Carlo and Johnny in the precinct? Yeah, I think uh, they're definitely going to make their way around. Say that this was a big jump for us when we opened yeah. Boundary. Um, it was a good opportunity for us to see like, well, we I knew that when they would go out, people would, you know, people come in to celebrate a lot. So it's going to be something that people would, get excited about you see a flame or something hitting the dining room it draws your attention but i i do believe uh the other restaurants will be getting something uh, i'm would like to think that they'll all kind of have their own little twist and their own something that really fits each one because i do believe they're all very different in like the way they're laid out and the way you feel when you're in there uh, you know we have a lot of uh, nice decor and everything, but I, I, I kind of want to give them their own personalities, but I, I definitely think you'll see uh, table side stuff at, at all the restaurants. Okay, cool. I love that. Well, I think I've went over everything I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, say uh, just I'm glad to see that people are out and dining and getting around and supporting uh, the city and restaurants. Say it's so, uh, you know, more restaurants, more things and more people getting out only make this a stronger city and community. So, yeah, the culinary scene is just so vibrant right now, which is yeah, kind, of why it really started, is. kind of why we started this podcast, just to um, let people know of all the amazing things that are happening in the city. So, yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and we will have you back when you're ready to spill some more tea. <laughs> yep. Not a problem. You can hit me up anytime. All right. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. So what do we have for news? Okay. So, I mean, a lot going on in Loveland. We're praying for everyone in Loveland. Um, a driver who crashed into the outdoor patio of Paxton's Grill in Loveland during a Cinco de Mayo party injured three people. And he's turned himself into the police because he, it was a hit and run situation, which is like, That's I guess you just get in fight or flight. Like, I guess you can't understand it unless you've ever been there, but like, what the heck? But it was Friday night and there, although there were some people injured and taken to the hospital, everybody was expected to be okay. No one was critical, which is good. Police are working with the Claremont County Prosecutor's Office and have multiple charges pending. Uh, despite the patio's destruction, the restaurant reopened the next day in the afternoon. There's no timeline for when the patio will be rebuilt. This was the same week as the fire at Monkey Bar, too. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Loveland's got that Loveland Strong logo, like, ready to go. So they were there out and coming out for the community for sure. There's actually already um, a fundraiser planned for the employees at Monkey Bar that are like missing work now. So okay. that's really cool too. But yeah, yeah, come out and support your local restaurants right now. What else is going on foodie news wise? So Taste of Cincinnati is coming up and it will host a record of 77 vendors. Wow. 
we were lucky enough to be judges this year in the dessert category for the best of the taste. And let me tell you, you guys are in for a treat. If you aren't familiar, the taste runs from Saturday to Monday over Memorial Day weekend and has food from all over the city and music down on Fifth Street downtown. Mm -hmm. There are restaurants from all over the region, food trucks, and a special selection for Finlay Market vendors. Now, the winners of the Best of Taste have not been announced yet, and we were sworn to secrecy until they are, but we'll be sure <laughs> to update you soon. Yes, for sure. You guys are definitely in for a treat. Like, we were judging desserts, so we were, like, sugared out, and we asked for something from one of the contestants that was doing food. Anything savory, please. I know. I know, I know but it, like, it stood up. It was really But what good. was your favorite dessert out of what we had? Because you can say that. Oh, that's true. Um, my favorite dessert, it was the strawberry cheesecake cupcake from the Cheesecakery. Oh, it, yeah. like, it had vibes. Do you remember those like strawberry, um, like the ice cream bars? Yes, the ice cream bars. Yes, which yeah. is actually like my husband's favorite ice cream of all time. That's what the vibe was. And it was just so pretty and pink. It was <laughs> very beautiful. Like it looked like an emoji. Like, oh yeah, totally. It was mm -hmm. beautiful. So my favorite was not so beautiful. <laughs> it was the Tweedles donuts. Oh yeah. Those thought, were they were good. just like these little donuts. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, there wasn't anything like over the top or elegant about them, no. but they had like a little crisp on the outside yes. and they were just the freshest, delicious, most delicious donuts I've ever had. And like, I let them sit out for like 10 minutes and then I had another one, like I, when I was on my way out, mm -hmm. still like crispy, like it was still Ooh. like fresh. And yeah, they were. They are featuring Eastern European and Mediterranean flavors with food options like Moroccan chicken, glazed pork shoulder, shrimp skewers, and stuff like that. It's um, but like, we didn't go last weekend when I went to KI because we ate at the new Enrique's Cantina that we talked oh, about, yeah. which is like very similar to like a Chipotle vibe. It was good. And then, um, but this place is on our radar for the next visit. We were kind of going through the app through the options, and we had already talked about like, yep, this is coming next time so okay well yeah you'll have to keep us posted on your king's island eats i will it's nice to have like a healthier option too like there's a lot of like skyline and la rosa's and like fried stuff so i'm, I'm excited about it one of cincinnati's newest underground bars is going viral mm. the speakeasy style bar called unexpected is located in downtown cincinnati and is now going viral thanks to Instagram influencers. Can only find unexpected by going through the restaurant Prime or next door at Street City Urban Gourmet. Mm -hmm. And you'll be led through a back hallway featuring murals painted by a local artist. And then you go through a secret bookcase to enter the bar. And it features dozens of unique bourbons, some of them which you can only find inside of the speakeasy. And right now there's no cover fee to get in, but they do have a membership program where guests can get access to monthly tastings and other exclusive events. And that membership does cost $1,000 per year. I guess we should mention the hours. They're open Wednesday through Saturday, 8 p.m. to midnight. Yeah, we definitely have to check this place out. It looks very cool. And also, what a great name. Yeah. Unexpected. Love it. It is unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so in other news, Sebastian's is moving. Oh, so no. We, I know. Well, you know, we love Sebastian's pastries. Um, they posted this week that they're headed back to Dutch's Larder. So they've been looking for a space that provides both a retail space and a kitchen. So if you've been to their Marymount space, you know it's just this tiny little rectangle. It's tiny. They can barely that. fit like a display in there. I like um, them being there because they're close to me. <laughs> that's true. But well, the, the larder is pretty close too, I feel like. But I'm sure that a lot of you guys remember waiting in like hours long lines in the Arctic, Arctic freeze last winter for their pop-ups there. But it was, um, you know, the payoff makes for a warm memory. <laughs> but, um, you know, this time they will be operating from inside. So don't worry. But stay tuned for more updates. Um, this should be starting in mid-June is when they want to kind of do a soft open. And as of now, the Mary location looks to be remaining open so yeah when we have more details we will let you know what's the parking situation over at Dutch's the worst the worst Um, (laughs) they have like I think they literally have two or three spots and then you like but there's plenty I mean there's street parking so that's that's what you do there yeah well that's good to know um what else is going on so Nightlight 513 is coming to the Cincinnati area this summer on select Thursday and Friday nights There will be movies, food trucks, local brewers, and a chill 21 and over experience at Covington Plaza. This sounds so fun because I feel like we have a bunch of options around town for families. So it's nice to have an option with adult beverages and no littles running around screaming and crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, agreed. Ticket Mm -hmm. prices start at $10 and go up to $18 for the day of. Or you can get a season pass for $84. And so that's kind of like watching a movie outside on the lawn, right? Yes. I don't know if they've announced the movies yet, but it's going to be like on Thursday and Friday nights. And it just, you know, sounds like a good time. So local chef Kayla Robison returned to Guy's Grocery Games for their Mother's Day episode this year. I know. So if you missed it, it was on Wednesday, May 10th, but I'm sure you can find it on demand or like look out for repeats. They play repeats all the time on Food Network. Um, This episode is called Mother of All Winners, if you're looking for it. And it's episode 16 in season 30. Two. Wow. 32. And <laughs> while I'm not going to tell you whether or not she won, because you, you're going to go and watch it, um, yeah. I do want her to make the dish that she made for round two. I, can't, I wish I could see the look on your face right now. It was an <laughs> apple pie curry pot pie. Oh, yum. <laughs> it was so good. They had to do something innovative with apple pie ingredients, and it looked amazing. So, yeah, because I was just saying, I love the sweet and salty like together. So, I'm mm-hmm. all about that. Yeah, love it. And I love seeing a local chef like featured on a national TV show. I think that's so cool. Oh, for sure. And Christian Gill also just posted on his Instagram either last night or this morning that he's headed out of town to go do some more stuff. Um, And I saw a little hashtag Food Network in there. So he's keeping busy too. So love that. Yeah, we'll figure out what he's doing and we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so lastly, we got the heads up on a new brunch pop-up this summer. On Sunday, June 11th and Sunday, July 9th, Cackleberry's 1968 trailer will be setting up outside of Lost and Found OTR. They're going to be slinging Crave-worthy breakfast Sammies 
from 9 a.m. until they sell out. And you guys believe me, they will sell out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they There will be coffee from local roasters, Proud Hound. Um, and, oh, I know you love their coffee, right? I do. They're really good. Okay, good. And then, so Lost and Found is located on 22 East 14th Street in OTR. And they're known for their delicious cocktails and their Skeddy Night on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And Cackleberry is known for their innovative egg sammies. So it's like breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, these look really good. And let me just say, I am so happy that they don't serve until 9 a.m. I feel like a lot of places that sell out of stuff start at like 7 or 8. And like, I'm just not there for it. Like... <laughs> Same, same. I'm, I'm up, but I'm just not out of the house. And yeah. like, I, so thank you. Thank you for starting at 9. I, I might have to sneak in for one of these cackleberry sandwiches. Everyone that I've talked to speaks really highly of these sandwiches. So Yeah, me too. And that's why we like to get this stuff out to you guys as early as possible. Sometimes it's like, oh, I wish you were just telling me this weekend so that I just remember. But I'm like, I need to put it in the calendar. Like it's got to be planned out ahead of time or else I will do something else. So yeah. yeah. So love it. Awesome. Well, lots of good stuff this week and we look forward to talking to you guys again in two weeks and you know, just like tell us on Instagram where we should check out where you're loving comment on our post about the podcast about where you want us to cover on the next um the next episode or dm us if you've got some tea like we're here for it i don't know how much we have coming up next week so if someone wants us to go check out a place let us know and we'll go check it out yeah for sure love it all right well we will talk to you guys later off to the reds game we go let's beat those mets and um we'll see you guys next time right bye guys Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram. If you have any news, restaurants to check out, or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.